0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome
1: to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: I give you Stu and Blake.
2: Quite quickly before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train?
1: Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train, whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag. You can keep your phone close to your chest, and uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You no know more or do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on, phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys, everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag, training.
2: And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor.
2: And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your, in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off an amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com.
1: All right, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am one half of your presenting hosts, Blake Harrison, and the other half
2: is. Stuart Whiffin. Hello. Oh, Stuart. I don't know Stuart why Whipin. I went oh, I'm very seriously. Stuart. It's Stu Whiffin. Let's, let's stick with that. You kind of shook your glasses as you do. It was like, oh, Stuart. Stuart, <laughs> Stuart Whiffin. I've took them off now. Honestly, <laughs> I've, I don't know who I am today. Um, well this is a great episode this is um we should say that uh we had limited time with today's guest and this guest come about through um uh, an association uh for a few of our podcasts uh, this month with the film embattled and do you want to tell the, the listeners a little bit more about embattled blake before i get back to who our guest is
1: I can, Stuart. Um, <laughs> our, uh, uh, yes, Embattled is a movie about a father and son that are both MMA fighters and uh, the father and son have a very tumultuous relationship. Um, uh, the father is played by our guest today, and you will also see cameos in the film from uh, Tyron Woodley and from Kenny Florian. Uh, the film's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, And yeah, it's just about uh, two MMA fighters that are also father and son and the incredibly strained relationship. And that's putting it very mildly strained relationship that they have and a a kind of dark history that is going on between them. Um, But yeah, do you want to introduce who the guest is, the guest that plays Cash Boykins, the lead character?
2: Yeah, and you know the character he plays is uh, is, is a pretty unlikable fella, and uh, and we we go in on that, and, and and Harry sort of pulled bits and pieces from a multitude of of, of fighters and to, to kind of put this character together, and it's uh, it's a fascinating listen. Um, the person we're talking about is Stephen Dorff, uh, which you know when you get the message saying do you want to speak to Stephen Dorff, it's like of course we do, and and it's a great chat. It's a yeah. short chat. We should point out that um, he was doing a lot of press around the time uh, for Embattled when we recorded this. So we were limited on time, so it's not a super long episode. And we should also just give you a little heads up that a couple of times uh, Stephen's uh, Wi-Fi dropped out a little bit. But I think by the time the producer's got his, his hands on it and tidied up uh, it a little bit, you shouldn't even notice. But just a little heads up on that. Um, also, if this is your first time listening to the MMA Fan Podcast. When you finish listening to this episode with Stephen, why not go and explore the back catalogue? Because you can hear some great chats as well with the likes of Jack Shaw, Jojo Calderwood, um, Alexander Volkanovsky, the MMA, the MMA, the UFC champ. Help me out here, Blake. Who else we had on?
1: Paddy Pimblett, who will hopefully soon be making his UFC debut. Yeah. We've had uh, Big Paul Craig on yeah. today. Angela Hill, uh Molly part- McCann. Molly McCann, uh Brett Johns, JJ Wilson. Uh we've had a, a huge amount of uh of fantastic British and American and an Australian uh mm. fighters on the show. And uh we've also got our fight or flight segment with people like Lee Mack, uh Ben Shepherd I think coming up soon. Yep. Uh Emily Head, Laura Checkley, Thomas Turgoose. The list goes on and on, James Arthur has been on yes. the show as well. So we've got this real nice combination of uh, familiar faces that you all know from uh, within the MMA world and outside the MMA world. We had John Gooden as well, UFC commentator. Uh, we should also point out that um, uh, Embattled is available on digital download from the 5th of July.
2: So Absolutely. Absolutely. There we go. If you want to watch the trailer or see some steals from the film, head over to our socials because we've posted some bits and pieces on there so you can go and watch the trailer on our Instagram page. So we're on there, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook. So give us a follow on the socials as well. Blake, should we get on with today's episode?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Stephen Dorf. Hi, <laughs>
2: hey, Stephen. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, mate. Oh, good, mate. Thanks for your time
3: today. No problem,
2: yeah. Well, I'm going to go straight in, uh, and I'm going to go straight in with a ridiculous uh, question, Stephen. I've seen the film. I've seen you looking good in the octagon. I've seen you in shape. I've seen you co-star Tyron Woodley. He's now going to be fighting YouTubers. Are you going to step up? <laughs> are you going to do it? Are you going to fight one of these kind of, like, boxers that are Fuck now no. kind of looking elsewhere? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hell no. I, uh, I, um, I mean, I think it's funny that they're doing all funny fights, but, you know, I mean, God bless, you know, the fighters. They have to make a living and uh, – but, you know, um, yeah, you won't be seeing me in there. Hell no.
1: <laughs> you, you, did, you looked in phenomenal shape though, mate. You look really, really great. I mean, how did you find the training for it and stuff? Was there – uh, an element of of the training that you particularly enjoyed or an element of the training that you found particularly difficult whether it be the grappling or the striking
3: well I mean I've done some I've done like worked with uh, Greg Jackson's team uh in New Mexico like I met Cowboy Cerrone and a lot of these guys when I did a movie called Felon years ago a prison movie and I used we used a lot of MMA in those prison fights um so I knew some stuff and I'm a fan of the sport. I uh you know I was coming off True Detective so I I I had a window that I had carved out a 6 week window that I said minimum I need 6 weeks cuz I'm pretty skinny and I take over play a lightweight champion of the world a, a guy that was jumping off this page like a monster without having some size put on me. So you know I immediately True Detective ran late. So my window got shrunk to about five weeks instead of what it should have been, which was like 10 weeks. And um, I kept saying, I need more time in LA to gain size. And I'm not really worried about the MMA. I'll get down there when I get down there and I'll learn the fights, but I'm more, in- I'm more uh, interested right now in changing my body. So, well, cause I don't think it's realistic if I don't. So I, you know, immediately got with my trainers who I've worked with in the past and. Just started eating six, seven times a day. I put about nine pounds on in a month. Got down to Alabama where the movie took place. And I got with a guy um, who's kind of the Greg Jackson of Alabama, a guy named Chris Connolly, who uh, was a coach for a lot of great UFC fighters, Eric Anders, a lot of of good fighters. And he uh, was amazing. The fight choreographer, Fernando Chin, was really special. And I thought carved out really unique fights. And basically then I showed them what I could do. I showed them how I move they saw weaknesses in my grappling. Obviously I haven't done that much on the ground. You know, we'd go over certain moves, incorporate certain things, but cash is much more of a, you know, he's a McGregor style fighter. He's much more of a scrapper. He's much more of, I'm going to knock you down. I'm going to get you down to the mat and I'm going to fucking pummel you until you tap out. That's it. You know, I want to be in there as quick as possible. Um, you know, is the kind of mentality cash has, you know, so it was really a question of, you know, as I started the training for the fighting, obviously that's an immense amount of cardio. So then I find myself shrinking in size, all the size I tried to put on. So it's really that balance of just, you know, the cardio and the fight training and then bang, you know, the gym and then eat and then gym, eat, 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 And constantly, you know, that rhythm until we got to the arena and I felt like I was ready to go. And we shot all the fights in the beginning of the film, which I thought was the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, get them all in the can, get all that shit done. And then we can concentrate on the text and the, the storytelling of the movie. Um, and then I would keep my training up, but obviously not as rigorously because yeah. I'm not in panties. Um,
1: <laughs> but that's amazing that you were able to achieve all that in such a short period of time. That takes some level of dedication. And, you know, we've, we've, we're touching on on physically what you have to go through there. But as you said, you know, Cash Boykins really must have jumped off the page at you in terms of... He's a larger-than-life character. He's he's a volatile character. His relationship with his kids is incredibly um, uh, d- tumultuous, you know. So, uh, how is it? Uh, how how do you do you have any trouble kind of not taking that stuff home with you? If you know what I mean, like like do, do you ever go home and you've got like bits of that in your brain yeah, I mean, at all? I
3: mean, usually I can turn things on and off, you know. But I got to say, on this one, it was a it was a tricky one for me because I just come again from true detective for 7 months i was i was a little tired i was uh i knew the challenge ahead and i had agreed to the movie and wanted to make the movie um but i also knew i had to go full on with this character or, or the story just doesn't make sense and not believable you know th- what i loved about the script was it was very non hollywood it was very real to mm. who a guy like cash is i mean a guy that comes from a very insane background um and brings that to all of his children and his life and he's verbally abusive. He's, he's a fucking asshole. Um, you know, and so to go there, I had to kind of become him more than I normally would. I'm not really what you call a method actor. And I hate when people, there's so many different variations of what method means to me. And I'll, you know, I guess I've, I used some method stuff in this one because I definitely was holding on to this aggressive energy for two months. And plus the regimen I was under with the eating and the training and the things. And then the, the scenes, every scene, just pummeling people and verbally and abuse. And, you know, I had to go to a certain place that I was definitely taking home with me at night. And, and frankly, it took a couple of weeks for me to shed this fucking guy. Yeah. So, you know, um, this one was a bit harder than most for me. So I guess just because, He's a very different kind of person than I am and very different, um, just every choice he makes, I didn't quite agree with. But I just, you know, once I created him, I just kind of, let him let him rip and let him roll you know i don't think i was the most fun to be around probably while i was shooting this movie you know what was the
1: most difficult part of his personality to tap in you into would you say because i mean he's got so many flaws so when when you're tapping into all those flaws, what what was the most difficult aspect for you to get into do you think
3: i mean i think the abuse towards the younger kids you know and i think you know um working with a kid that really has williams syndrome colin who's Mm -hmm. david mckenna's son in real life um you know, he's such a sweet kid and, and is so good in the movie. And yet I'm the biggest monster towards him, you know, and that was something like. and then also my other little son, um, later in the picture in present day, you know, I had to, you know, really explain to these young people that it's not who I am and that, you know, I'm going to be aggressive and say some curse words, and I'm going to do things in these scenes that, are scary and I don't want you to think it's me because as soon as we say cut I'll be back to normal. I try to just make them feel comfortable as much as a nine and ten year old kid can um, understand.
2: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Uh, And, you know, I mean, I think just everything was uncomfortable about him, but yet there was a certain control I felt in playing him. And I felt like I had him from day one. So once I had him, I just built on that and made him more aggressive and made him more outlandish and more charismatic every chance I got you know I mean I ran you know I everything to the music at the party scene at my house you know I wanted it to be my way and I I, you know I was pretty I was him you know is all I can say so I don't think I was the easiest maybe to work with but you know nothing that slowed the movie down And but I just don't think it was uh, you know the Stephen you normally would get on a movie set I was definitely a little darker on this one yeah. you know you know, if I'm playing a villain and I'm playing a vampire or I'm playing whatever, you know, I can snap into that with my eyes closed, you know, I mean that it don't mean shit to me. I can, I can mimic anything. I can do anything very fast, but playing a guy with a, you know, a champion and, and knowledge and a fighter and all this shit that came into this, this part was a lot more challenging for me for some reason. I don't know. It's a weird one, but you know, it also, um, yeah
2: yeah so i mean one of the things that i think uh movies around martial arts uh, will always do is inspire people to go and learn it and and it certainly if i cast my mind back to when i was younger there were certain films that struck a call with me that made me want to go and learn a discipline i just wonder with that in mind Stephen, what were the kind of fight movies that that made a dent with you growing up
3: um I think uh, the Rocky movies, you know, the Karate Kid movies when I was a kid, uh, you know, a lot of John Abelson movies who I ended up working with on The Power of One where I played a boxer. So it was kind of the first time I was in with guys like, you know, Bill Wallace and Benny the Jet, you know, um, I forget his last name, but all these like cool fighters taught me how to throw a punch and put me through rigorous training at 17. And from then I kind of, you know, just kind of learned on other movies and fight scenes. And, you know, I mean, obviously making movies and doing fights is a different dance than when you're really doing it. But it all comes from the same place, same training. You just don't connect. Uh, At least you hope you don't. But obviously you do sometimes when you're doing a movie like Embattled, Um, you connect and you don't want to, but it just happens because I go right when I'm supposed to go left and bang. accident happen. But um, and vice versa. But, you know, I mean, I loved there's been a hell of a lot of great boxing movies. I mean, you know, Raging Bull. I love Cinderella, man. I thought was a great movie. I mean, I loved Hoosiers was a great basketball movie. It made me want to play basketball when I was young. Um, sports movies in general are can be classic if they're done well. Um, you know, then there's tends to be also like 90 boxing movies, true stories about this guy, that guy, and whether or not they had interesting lives, they tend to be the same movie and Mm. nobody really cares, you know? Um, You know, I don't know, Miles Teller did one a couple years ago. This one, Leah Schreiber did one. They're all like the same fucking movie, you know, Um, Southpaw, this one, that one. I feel like boxing is completely diminished as a sport. I don't think it exists really anymore. I mean, I don't watch boxing. I used to watch boxing all the time. I watch MMA now because MMA has kind of taken over what boxing used to be. I mean, I'd always watch Mayweather fight, but he's not fighting anymore and He's fighting YouTubers yeah. um, in exhibitions, you know what I mean? So, you know, Tyson Fury, sure, I'll watch a fight with the heavyweights. But ultimately, I'm watching MMA when I want to see a fight. And I'm rooting on my friends like Cerrone or, you know, and I'm, you know, to have Ty- uh, Tyron Woodley and Kenny Florian down there to watch these rounds and to be able to go up to Kenny and say, how is that shit on the ground? And how was, you know, did, did that move work? Did that armbar look fake? You know, should I redo that you know it was awesome because you have the real dudes that are you know legendary in the sport you know you know I just try to bring realism to whatever I'm doing so if I'm doing something in MMA I'm going to bring a realism to it I'm going to try to do it to the best of my ability but there's no way that in my life I would ever enter a cage with somebody like a Cowboy Cerrone because I'd be dead. You know these guys are animals. (laughs) These guys are fucking. These guys are animals for a reason. You know they're. um, You know that guy Khabib is the best fighter I've ever seen. You know, and he. I mean, he's he's a machine. I. I, You know, there's just it's. I think the sport became so big because of the extreme of it. You know, it took boxing and flipped it on its ass. You know, and um, brought in all this other incredible um, sporting stuff in one sport so you got wrestling you got grappling you got jujitsu you got kickboxing you got boxing you got I mean you know and it's a strength game and it's it's um it also you know one move to the left and it can all be over you know look at the look at the fight with Cerrone and Conor McGregor you know I was really looking forward to that fight because I thought Cowboy was going to take his head off this underdog guy he's been in never had a real main marquee fight like this and then Look what happened. You know, it was over in thirty seconds. Um
1: Well, you mentioned Connor there and like you know, you said you're a big fan of MMA. Obviously, Connor's got a huge fight coming up in that trilogy fight with Poirier. How do you see that going? What do you think?
3: I mean, he's basically rematching against the guy that beat him, right? Yes. So
1: time. so he, he beat Poirier maybe like six years ago, then Poirier, then beat, Poirier him beat
3: him, him. recently,
1: yeah. and now they're they're yeah. having that trilogy.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a fight I'll, I'll want to watch for sure. I mean, I'm a fan of Conor McGregor. I like his, his pizzazz. I used a lot of, obviously, Conor in creating the look for um, Cash, even though, you know, Cash is uh, a hillbilly from Alabama. He's not an Irishman. Um, but, and I'm not playing Conor McGregor, but I definitely, you know, took some stuff from Conor as far as his showmanship, his talent in the ring, in the cage, you know, the way he dresses, his flair, his outlandish attitude, the fact that he'll say anything in a press conference, you know. And then I also took from Mayweather and his his business sense and his kind of knowledge of, of what he does and that method that he had for all those years and made him to be the, one of the best boxers of all time. And then, you know, took from C- Cerrone, knowing Cerrone personally and just feeling his intensity when we would hang out and just have a beer, you know, there's a, you know, there's an extremist to some of these guys. And, you know, I've met them all. I've met a lot of them. Keith Jardine to the older guys, Rashad Evans to, um, uh, Randy Couture back in the day, you know, there's just, you know, kind of incorporating all these different facets and then creating my fictional superhero kind of thing, as you will, uh, liquid cash boykins. So it's kind of a, you know, it was a blend, but, you know, I definitely, uh, I don't know. That'll be a good fight. I mean, if Connor comes back and beats him, that would be huge for Connor. But that guy's pretty tough, too. Yeah, so. yeah
1: it'd be huge for I the UFC know. as well to have their poster boy on a wing. Because it's been a, well, I mean, I know he, he beat he beat Cowboy. But before that, he hadn't had a win in absolutely ages. And uh, it, I kind of think that he needs this win to, to kind yeah. of get. When is that
3: fight? To...
1: That's in a couple of weeks. I think it's like July 10th, something like that.
3: Oh, wow. Nice, coming up soon. Yeah, I heard about it, but I didn't. I've been, um, I've been kind of working, and I was in, I've been in Maui and all over the place, and I haven't really been checking things. But that I'll, uh, I'll definitely watch that fight. Well,
2: Stephen, we're aware that we're we're out of time. We've got the little messages popped up <laughs> that we're uh, that we're we're running out of time. So, but you know, just lastly, just love the film. Thanks ever so much for your time today. And uh, really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it too, man. Thanks Thanks. very much, Stephen. Cheers, mate. Okay, mate. See you guys. Bye, bye. Bye -bye.
2: Stephen Dolph. There you go. Legit Hollywood actor has been on our little old podcast. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Really,
1: that's pretty (laughs)
3: incredible.
1: It's really great. It really is. But um, and yeah, and he, you know, he seemed to really be an MMA fan. He said, you know, he's really fallen out of love with boxing. He's a big MMA fan. I can totally relate to that, you know, that I'm not massively into my boxing. I know you are still a big boxing fan, but for me, MMA just has so much more. And uh, you know, he talks a little bit about you know, knowing Cowboy Cerrone and knowing those those fighters and how we can draw off of them and how, you know, elements of Connor were uh, an inspiration for the character. And also I think it's really interesting to talk about the fact that you know, he had, in the End, was it four weeks in the end to actually get himself in proper shape, eating seven meals a day? So that's that's crazy kind of dedication. And then he's got to deal with uh, learning the MMA and the grappling and all that on top of that. So, I mean, hats off to him. That is that is quite an undertaking. I mean, I have to say, it's an amazing it's an amazing achievement it's also kind of a dream isn't it like uh, I mean if someone said to me Blake you've got four weeks we're gonna pay for you to do like the best like MMA training going also I'm assuming he got like his meals provided and stuff that's hard work but it's yeah. also amazing like I mean to me he was kind of living a dream really uh, yeah. f- for me there Um and that's incredible and uh, the fact that he was you know he had doing fight scenes and he's got Kenny Florian and Tyron Woodley outside the reference O-tigan. you know how was Just that <laughs> how was that armbar? was that arm bar alright Kenny yeah mate it's good oh, cheers mate cheers Ken um, that's, that's brilliant isn't it that just shows the, the legitimacy that the, that the films strive to have nowadays yeah. you know and, and, and I think that that's fantastic that you know we, we've seen combat movies and you can go back and watch Rocky films and stuff like that and as much as the Rocky films are obviously amazing those fight scenes are a bit ridiculous at times and what uh, <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble, mate. Um, but yeah, they are, you know. And so it's good to see that people. And I think when I was watching the film as well, the grappling exchanges in particular, I was I was impressed with. I thought it felt it seemed legit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess we can start to wrap things up. Um, As mentioned at the beginning, if this is your first time listening and you haven't explored the back catalogue of this podcast, go and do that. Go get stuck in. Go have a a little uh, rummage around in the archives because uh, we've got archives already. It feels like we've only been doing this like a few weeks, but we've got archives now. There's over 20 episodes now and um, we've been so blessed and so lucky to get to sit down and, and talk to these people that... Well, they're people that me and you are completely in awe of, aren't they? It's like, it's, it's, you know, we never thought when we was going to do this podcast that we'd ever get a chance to speak to, you know, UFC fighters. You know, and we've managed to do that, and you know, and we've just finished you know a recording with a hollywood actor it's crazy and yeah, long may this journey continue and thanks to you lot for, for continually supporting it and you know giving us likes loves and reshares on the, on the on the socials it's, uh, it's great and it's uh, in a tiny little way shape or form it feels really nice and privileged that we are involved in the MMA community in some tiny little way
1: i, I couldn't agree more we've been kind of really considering the misconception of MMA and how people outside of the sport will perceive the sport. We've been doing this just a few months now, and everyone's been so bloody nice and so welcoming, whether it be people that do other podcasts or other MMA kind of type journalists and stuff like that. I say other, we're not journalists, but but like MMA journalists that have just gone like, oh, well done, guys, that's amazing, brilliant, well done, and I've listened, it's really good, and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got fans of the sport then tuning into us and not thinking we're total morons, and that we, you know... We're doing an all right job of, uh, you know, of, of talking to these fighters. And, and,
2: you say and, that. I've had to delete a few messages so you didn't see them. I've been protecting you from a lot of
1: stuff.
3: <laughs>
1: <like>. <laughs> it's all those nights at uh, the nightclub bouncing, isn't it? You, you can't turn it off. Um, but, uh, but, no, it has been. I think everyone's been so welcoming, so lovely. And, uh, as I say, like we, we're just really thankful to everyone out there that is subscribing listening you know messaging us on the socials i mean all of that stuff it genuinely means the world to me because um, this is just something we did for me and you to have a, a bit of a laugh and talk about a sport that we love because we didn't have many people that we could talk about this sport too and uh and it's turned into this incredible thing that we're absolutely loving so yeah thank you to everyone listening
2: wonderful right and we will be back next time bye